Father, thank you for your word that you have given us. Uh, We just acknowledge, Lord, that it's your word. We acknowledge that, um, Lord, that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, uh, and that, Lord, we need your word and your wisdom. Lord, thank you that your word is powerful. Thank you, Lord, um, that it is, Lord, able to just transform our lives when we turn ourselves over to you and just confess that, Lord, you know best and we do not. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, as I continue to read your word year after year and day after day, that you're, you're constantly showing me new things And in showing me new things, you're showing me where I've been wrong. Thank you for that gift, Lord. Because any time that you show me that, there's always more freedom in my heart and in my life. And Lord, in that is hope. And I just pray that each person here this morning would know that hope. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you, but I find that when I am in a good place with the Lord, and when I am walking closely with Him, I'm a pretty likable guy. I mean, I get along with people. Because the problem is, is that I find that people other than myself do things in ways that are not the best ways. Now, myself, I do things in the best ways. But others, they choose different ways to do things. Now, when I'm in a good place with the Lord, it's just, it's okay. Because I understand that, you know, others haven't figured things out as I have. But when I'm not in a good place with the Lord, I find that the things that people do differently than me really, really agitate me. I mean, it just takes everything I can just to keep it all under control. I live uh, not by myself. I live with other people. And I find that little things can just... uh, You know, when somebody uses something and then they don't put it back, they just leave it out. Or they walk in the door and they literally just kick their shoes up in the air and just let them go wherever they end. And that's okay in their world. But an organized person, which is the best way, by the way. (laughs) And then I come here and I find that it's not only in my family, but some of you are just like this. And if some of you took off your shoes in the church, you would do the same thing, I'm sure. There are some of you that you would just kick them off, throw your coats, whatever. And it just takes everything I can to just keep it under control. But I find that in all seriousness, this is one of the tools of the enemy to seek and try and divide us. Because I find that when I'm not in a good place with the Lord, it's a whole lot easier to focus on your stuff than my stuff. And as a matter of fact, I find relief in it. Because when I'm focused on what you need to be doing differently and how you need to get your act together and straighten yourself up, as long as I'm focused on that, I'm totally distracted from the darkness in my heart. And I almost feel, feel a sick sense of relief from it. But the problem is, is that if I run out of ways to focus on your stuff, 
I, I start thinking about mine, and so i got to come up with new stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I find that this is one of the things that the enemy uses to divide the church. Because as long as I'm focused on your stuff, I'm not allowing the Lord to shine His light in my own heart. Not only am I not allowing the Lord to shine His light in my own heart, but I'm condemning you. And many times, even if you can't, uh, even if I'm keeping my words under, you can feel it from me. <laughs> you know, you can feel it from me when, when you're in my presence, like, I wish they could, you know, whatever it is. You may not even know what it is, but you, you know what I'm saying? You can feel it. And it's one of those things that the enemy loves to do because it brings about uh, this division. Uh, it brings about a condemnation that we feel. And because of that, what we often want to do is we want to just separate from one another. I want to separate because, you know, your stuff is driving me nuts. And I want to also separate because I feel some of your condemnation for my own stuff. And so I find it's just better if I just go somewhere and be alone. But when I'm alone, I find that I actually need others. And I actually desire that. And so I find myself in this, this hard place. Well, there's a way that we can, can overcome this. Uh, and I want to talk about that this morning. But first of all, I want to go to the Scripture. I want to go to Matthew chapter 12. And I want to look at one of the examples that the Lord gives us of this and where it can go um, and just some of the dangers of it. And then I want to talk about how do we overcome this? How do we keep ourselves from falling into this trap? In Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 is where I want to start. We find Jesus bringing hope and healing to someone. And, I mean, you would like to think that when you bring hope and healing to someone, everyone's going to be excited about that, right? No. Have you ever been in a place where somebody has shared good news with you and it just really irritated you? Because you were like, well, I don't like the way you went about that. Or, why is this person getting good news? Because I've been living a whole lot better life than they have. Why, are, why is that good thing happening to them? You know what I'm saying? We can all get there. And when we get there, the temptation is just to let the darkness take over and just run with it. And that's what we find in this Scripture beginning in verse 22. It says, there was a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak. And he was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, could, that, could it be that Jesus is the Son of David, the Messiah? Now, in reality... God loves the person that was set free, okay? And He wants this person to experience freedom. But also beyond that, part of the reason that Jesus is performing these miracles is because He wants people to ask this very question. Could this be the Messiah? Because the thing is, is that God has the power to heal you physically of anything that you have right now. He can do it. 
And He still does it, and He loves to do it. But hear this. You can be healed physically and still die spiritually. So if He just heals you physically and it stops there, what's really the good of it? What God wants to do is He wants to heal us spiritually. Now again, He loves to heal us physically. I'm not taking that away. And He still does that. But this is where He really wants to take us. And so that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was healing, and He wanted to show and display this so that people would ask, could this be the Messiah? Now here's the thing. There were some people that were excited about this, and they were praising the Lord, but there were some people that were really annoyed by this. They did not like this. Here's what the Scripture says. It says, but when the Pharisees, okay? And the Pharisees are the religious people. The Pharisees are not only the religious people, the Pharisees are the religious authority. They are the people that have been telling um, God's people that they are the authority. That anything that God does, it goes through them. They are the ones closer to God than any other people. And if you want to know something about God, you go to them. They are the holy people. And so God, of course, would never do anything outside of them. That's what they think. And so it says, but when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder He can cast out demons. He gets His power from Satan, the prince of demons. Now, here's the thing. If Jesus is really not the Messiah, these Pharisees who are well studied in the Word should easily be able to say, whoa, 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 let's calm down, people. He's actually not the Messiah, and we can show you that in His Word. I mean, these people claim to know His Word inside and out. They should easily be able to do that. So why do they not do that? Because they can't. But they never stop long enough to catch themselves and go, oh gee, why can't I show very clearly through the Word that He's not the Messiah? Instead, here's what they do. They operate out of their emotion. They feel something strongly, and so they say to themselves, because I feel it strongly, it must be true. Hear this. Pay attention to your emotions, okay? Don't turn them off. Some people talk like that. No, no, no. Emotions were given to you for a reason, okay? Pay attention to your emotions. But, but, do not allow your emotions to rule you. I have another job besides this job. And my job security is the fact that we are not good at not allowing our emotions to rule us. Every shift I work, I deal with people who are allowing their emotions to rule them. To the point that sometimes it takes force to combat them. And that's where we can all go. All of us have this potential. And that's why when I feel something super strong, I need to stop and say, wait a minute, why am I feeling this? If it is completely righteous, then you know what? I'll be able to come up with sound, good reasons for why it is. But when it's not, it's so easy to just go with the rush of it. And here's what we tend to do when we just go with the rush of it. 
We want to condemn people and basically say that, you know, that's just, that's evil. But what was really going on with the Pharisees? Well, again, the Pharisees had claimed to basically be the voice of God. And here you had a man who was claiming to be Messiah, and in their minds, he can't be Messiah because God didn't go through them. He just had him appear. And the guy was taking all of the glory off of them. They weren't getting any glory for this. And so, actually what was happening, rather than them saying, hey, don't be misled by this, they're mad that they're not getting some attention. This guy comes out of nowhere, and he's having all this success, and I don't like the way he's going about it. Because when I read the Scripture, I've come up with these other ideas of how God should go about it, And this is not what it looks like. And so the enemy, okay, can tempt us because that's what's happening here. The enemy is tempting these religious people who claim to be close to God and he's tempting them to call out someone else who's actually working for God and to say, oh, that's the devil. That's all coming from evil. Now, I want to share this with you because of this. It's easy for us to fall into that and start to accuse one another of that. But it's also, there is a lot of this. You know, we are inundated with all kinds of media right now, all right? I mean, you search on the internet, you can find all kinds of people saying this, this, and that, and they've got all their, quote, facts, you know, to to back it up. And there's so much of this in the church where people are saying, you know, they're not even worshiping God. That's of the devil. That's of the devil. That's of the devil. And we need to be really cautious about this. And the reason we need to be cautious about this is because of what Jesus is going to say about this. Okay? So let's go on and let's see how Jesus responds to this. First of all, in verse 25, He says, Jesus knew their thoughts and He replied, Any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. So part of what Jesus is doing here is he's trying to use some logic here. He's saying, listen, your argument makes no sense. If I were casting out Satan by the power of Satan, his kingdom would be divided. I mean, Satan's not the brightest guy in the world, but he's not that dumb, okay? He's not going to work against himself. So he's using reason. But here's the other thing that you need to know. This truth that Jesus has shared, Satan also knows this truth. He knows that a kingdom divided against itself is going to fall. So here's what he's going to do. He is going to tempt us to try and condemn one another when we actually don't have good reason. We're just doing things in a different way and we don't like it. And I want to say to you that you know what? There are people who do things in certain ways that drive me batty and it has nothing to do with good or evil. It's just different. Let me give you an example. And I'm not going to mention a name here. But right now, there is a very popular preacher that many of you are just loving, okay? And the reason I know you love this preacher is because you're always posting things on Facebook uh, with him and something that he said, okay? And you put some little slogan up top that says, oh, this is right on, or oh, this really gets me, or oh, this is so good. 
And here's what you need to know. Not once have I ever clicked on it and listened to the guy. And you want to know why I've never listened to the guy? I don't even know what he says. I don't listen to the guy because of the way he dresses. I can't take it. The dude is the trendiest dresser I have ever seen. I mean, he's up in front of his church with thousands of people, and he's got some black leather jacket on. Uh, He's got some jean jacket and some big cross hanging out. I mean, it's like a junior high pop star. I can't take it. And he probably has some really good things to say, but I just, I can't, I can't get beyond it. Why do I say this? I say this because we all have things like this. You're probably looking at me like, who dresses like that? Well, you know what? I don't care. Nobody around here dresses like this. I'm going to be my own guy. And if you don't like it, well, tough. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm serious here. It would be really tempting for me to listen to the guy and to look for things that I could, uh, could bash on. You know, and not really tell you that my real reason is I don't like the way he dresses. And we do this. We find someone or some movement or something that we don't like, and uh, it's like, okay, i got to come up with a biblical reason for this so that nobody really knows my real reason. You know what I'm saying? We, we do this, and it happens all the time. And, you know, that may not seem like a serious thing, but it's really serious because the enemy is using it to separate the church. And he's using it so that um, we're not, so that we won't be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Because many times, like what's happening here, the Holy Spirit was moving and the Holy Spirit was bringing healing. And then you had these religious people come in and they're saying, whoa, 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 no, this, is, this isn't God, this is Satan. Now, Jesus knows better, okay? Because Jesus is God. And so Jesus is okay with this. And He's able to move forward. But the thing is, you and I are not. We, we have our, uh, uh, our mess-ups, okay? And so when someone comes at us and says, oh, you're, 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 you're serving Satan here, you know, you're working for Satan, it's easy for us to go, oh, man, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that girl. And so you know what? I'm just going to back down. And I'm just going to sit down in my chair and I'm just going to pray and read quietly and not do anything where someone comes after me. Listen to me. If you do not have anybody coming after you and telling you that you are doing some wrong things, you are not following the Holy Spirit. If you are following the Holy Spirit, you will have people, and they will be religious people, they will come after you. Now that doesn't mean you're automatically right, okay? (laughs) Maybe you are wrong. That's why we have the Word. That's why we have the Word. And it's so easy to have someone, you know, and they may even reference the word, but they're not using the word to directly go against something. They're just they're bringing in just these hazy accusations. And here's the other thing about it: with Jesus, he's perfect. The Pharisees can't actually find anything on Jesus, but every other person you can actually find something on. You can actually find things on me, okay, that are not fully correct. I know that. How do I know that? Because God is always reproving me. The problem is, is I don't know what it is right now. 
because I'm constantly growing. See what I'm saying? And so, what God would call us to do is to walk with one another. And if we believe one another or one of us is being led in a wrong direction, He would have us come alongside one another and say, you know what, I'm concerned about this. Here's why I'm concerned about this. Instead of standing back and saying, no, that's of Satan. Not only does it bring division, but there's something far worse that he's going to get to as we read on. Verse 28, But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. So again, he's continuing. He's not only displayed power here, but he's also just using reason. He's saying, listen, you've seen this. Satan was just cast out. It makes no sense for Satan to do it to himself. But it happened, and so therefore, who could do it? God. Holy Spirit. That's who could do it. So he goes on and he says, Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. This, this is very powerful here, and we need to pay attention to this, okay? Because here's what happens. Sometimes we see things and we say to ourselves, I don't think that's God. I don't think that's Holy Spirit. That's when we go to the Word, okay? We need to be absolutely sure about this. Because if we find ourselves, if Holy Spirit is actually moving and actually doing something, and we're sitting over here saying that's of the enemy, what we are actually doing, we think we're standing up for God, we're actually fighting against Him. And that's why we need to be very careful about this. You know, and and I, I think this also has application for our church because of this. God is wanting to move in us in, in new ways, okay? Not unbiblical ways, biblical ways, but He's wanting to move in us in new ways, ways that we haven't experienced before. And whenever something happens that you're not used to, it's just so easy to say, well, that's not God. Well, why isn't it God? Well, because I'm this old and I've walked with God this long and I've never experienced that before, so it can't be God. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, pretty prideful of you. But that's where we can go. And that's where I go too. When I experience something that's different than what I'm used to, I think to myself, wait a minute, once again, my ways are always the best. I mean, I've had all these years to figure it out. I've found the best ways, and so this is different. It can't be right. Well, that's not true. That's not true because God's ways are higher than mine. And so when I experience something or I see something that someone is saying is of God, I need to go to the Word and if I don't clearly see that this is not of God, I need to zip my mouth and not throw things out. And I say that because God is wanting to move among us and we are all different people. You know, we're, we're different people. We react and we live different. We're, our worship is going to be somewhat different. Uh, God has created us with uh, different personalities and so on. And um, it, there's a beauty to that. But we must have a grace for one another. A grace for one another. I'm an intense person. And so when I do things, um, it's usually intense. 
Um, I, I mean, I, I shouldn't say this, but I, I'm probably not going to be a person that's you know up here waving a flag or something because it's just not my personality. And I hesitate to say that because that probably means God's going to make me do it just because I, I say that. But for those of you who are like that, I really like that. I love to see people expressing themselves the way God has created them to be. Please do not imitate me, okay? Because I'm a... Hey, I didn't need a lot of amens on that one. <laughs> That's exactly right. Because I, 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 I'm, a, I'm kind of a bound up person, you know? And I need people who are freer. <laughs> I'm choosing my words carefully. I need people who are freer around me, okay? You, you don't have to be like me, but each of us must have that grace not thinking that everyone has to be like us. Now, we're not out of the woods yet. He goes on and he says, So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of God can be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. That is serious, serious language, okay? This is so serious. But I want to break this down. First of all, when we talk about blasphemy, that's kind of a spiritual word. The reason it's a spiritual word, it's not even a real word. Uh, It's what's called a transliteration. And what that means is this. Somebody took the Greek word... (laughs) And they made up a new word for it, okay? But here's the basic meaning of it. When it talks about blasphemy in the Scripture, what we're saying is we're speaking out against the character of God. Speaking out against the character of God. Now, Holy Spirit is God. And so He's saying here that if you speak out against the Holy Spirit and against His character, you are in danger of absolute can't be forgiven. Super serious. Now, what does that mean? Well, first of all, there are some, because of their theological bents or whatever, will say things like, well, that just means that if God comes to you and says you should receive Jesus, and that's the Holy Spirit doing that, and you reject Him, well, then that's it. Listen, that has nothing to do with this context. You cannot just pick a verse Pull it out and say, oh, this is what it means. No, it's in here, okay? It's in the context. What was the context? The context was, Jesus healed somebody. How does that happen? If I pray for somebody and they're healed, it's not me. I don't have the power. Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit had just set someone free, and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, were saying, that's actually Satan. That's the context. So, if Holy Spirit moves and you don't like the way He did it and you say, oh, that's Satan, I believe that you are in danger of unforgiveness and boom. That's what I believe the Scripture teaches. And so I am super cautious that even when I see something that goes, I don't know about that or I don't feel comfortable about that, it's one thing not to feel comfortable. It's a whole other thing to stand up and say, that's of Satan. 
That's a whole other thing. We need to be super careful of that because again, we have religious people who are doing that. And they've got, you know, all kinds of letters behind their name and they've been studying the Word and they've got a following and they're on TV and so it might be easy for you to go, oh, well, they sure know what they're talking about. You need to be super careful about this. Because notice that it says that you can even speak out against the Son of Man and and that's forgiven. Think about Paul, for instance, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was actually fighting against Jesus. He was forgiven. But there's a place here where Jesus gives a warning. When you go out and God's moving, Holy Spirit's moving, and you say, that's Satan, ooh, that's super serious. All right, I know we're going long here. I'm going to wrap up. Verse 33, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasure of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Two quick parts of this, okay? Not only do we want to go to the Word, but one other thing we want to look at is we want to look at the fruit when somebody's talking, okay? When you have somebody saying, oh, they're of the devil over there, and all that seems to come out of their life and when you're around them and so on is just this negativity, and there's nothing, there doesn't seem to be any power of the Lord within them, there doesn't seem to be any joy of the Lord, there doesn't seem to be any freedom, okay, that's the fruit we're talking about here. And that's oftentimes what you see. You see someone who, you know, they see someone like Jesus having success, and they're like, I'm not having that kind of success, so in order for me to get attention, I'm going to throw out some bombs at these people over here. That's going to get me some attention. We need to pay attention to that. Now, the last thing I want you to capture here, and this is really where our title, Lethal Lethal Words, comes from. In that last verse, it says, For every idle word you speak, we will give an account for. Here's what idle is. Idle is lazy. Idle is lazy. And what is easy for us to do is, again, see something we don't like, and rather than go to the Word and really research it and really seek the Lord on it, It's just a laziness to be like, you know what? It's just easier to condemn you than to really pursue it out, to get to know you and know your heart. And that's another thing, you know, with so many of these speakers, you know, sometimes people will ask me about, you know, different preachers on TV, and I'm like, you know what? I don't follow them. I just, I don't know. If you can give me something specific that they've said, then I can take that to the Word and we can look at it that way. But there's just so many of them I don't follow. And so even though I have other people that maybe I know and trust, and they're speaking negatively of them, I'm going to listen to that. But for me to stand up with them and say, oh, that person, I, I want to be careful with that. Unless you can bring me something, then we can look at it. Because I don't want to go to that place of idle, lazy words where it's just like, you know what? It's easier to condemn that person than to look after it. So here's the thing. Enemy does not want you walking in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. The enemy does not want you being obedient to the Holy Spirit. So because of that, he's going to try to work among other people that you may love, you may trust, to, to speak against you so that you'll just sit and be quiet. That's not where God wants you. Okay? 
God wants you following Him, not just following anything, following Him, okay? But God wants you to move forward. So I just want to encourage you to push past. And if Holy Spirit is calling on you, push past, okay? Go, go with Him. Secondly, He wants to use you to condemn others. So even if you feel something strongly, if you can't find it in the Word, zip it. Okay? Just zip it. And either choose to really pursue it and look it out, or just whatever. And you can go to someone, okay, that you trust and maybe talk things out, but have it be someone who's going to turn you towards the Word and not someone who's just going to be like, oh, I know, girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't like them either. You know, we all, we've all got those people we can go to who are like, yeah, they'll jump on bandwagon with me. <laughs> don't, <laughs> it's not just girls. It just sounded better, Phyllis. There are a few guys out there. No, it's all of us. Absolutely. Holy Spirit, we want to see you move among us. We want to see you have your way. Uh, Jesus, you are our Lord. You are our Savior. And and we want to center on you. We want to see you, um, Lord, move in your ways which is different than our ways. And so help us to be humble and submissive to You, Lord, and just to follow Your leading. I pray, Lord, for boldness in here. Boldness to follow You, Lord. And sometimes that does mean standing up to things that are unbiblical. But You've listed those things, Lord. When things are plain, give us boldness to stand up to it. But when it's just things that we don't understand and maybe we don't like the way the Lord is going about it, give us a humility and a grace, Lord, to submit to You and to let You have Your way. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you would stand, we're going to end our time in worship.